Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. London. Welcome to Build, Grow, and Enjoy, the BGE Radio Network out of Atlanta, GA. We've got a great guest with us today. Dr. David Hogberg joins us. Uh, David, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you? Pretty good, actually. Now, you have a pretty fabulous background. Talk to us a little bit about your background. <laughs> my background? Um, well, um, I uh, basically, for a number of years, uh, studied health care policy. Uh, that was my main job when I was a senior fellow at the National Center for Public Policy Research. I've also worked at other think tanks as well. Uh, worked briefly on on Capitol Hill and also as a reporter for uh, Investors Business Daily. I was there and, and covered a lot of the debate uh, over over Obamacare. And while I was uh, at the National Center, I also finished a book on Medicare entitled entitled uh, Medicare's Victims: um, How the U.S. Government's Largest Healthcare program um, uh, impairs, um, harms patients and impairs physicians. And I still write about uh, health care policy uh, now and then. And I recently just had a, a piece in the American Thinker on a bill that's before the, uh, the Senate called the Lower Health Care Cost Act. Now, uh, l- let's start there. Talk to us about that, uh, that piece that you wrote. Well, uh, my concern is that the Lower Health Care Cost Act is going to be a repeat of um, Obamacare in the sense that if it becomes law, uh, patients are going to start losing their doctors in the, in the sense that doctors won't be covered by their health plans. Now, what this bill purports to do is to protect patients from unexpected medical bills that can result when they receive emergency care that is uh, you know, not covered by their insurance plan. That's as we call it, out of network. Um, and, you know, sometimes those bills can be you know, a major hassle, of course. But uh, the problem is that to, to protect people from that, the bill imposes a price control on insurance companies. Um, it forces them to pay uh, the median price they pay for a service. So let's say you end up in a hospital and your physician comes by to check on you. If that visit is not covered, then the insurer is going to pay the median price that it pays to to all physicians in its network for, for such a visit. And when you think about it, this provides two rather perverse or gives two rather perverse incentives to insurers uh, to get rid of their, uh, their higher priced uh, providers. Um, first, by eliminating uh, higher-priced doctors from their networks, then you know the median price they pay for doctors' services drops. And second, by eliminating those higher-priced doctors from their networks, well, those doctors then become out of network. So a patient goes to see one of those doctors, um, the insurance only, the insurer only has to pay them now the much lower median price as opposed to um, you know the the higher price they were paying them when the uh, uh, they were in network. 
And really, if that if that happens, you know, patients are going to find that their doctors uh, won't be covered by their by their insurance plans. You know, we all remember, you know, the one of the big lies of Obamacare that if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. And as Obamacare took effect in 2014, uh, many people found that. Um, uh, their their doctor was no longer covered by their health plan. You know, the, all these new costs that Obamacare m- imposed on insurance companies, they had to uh, reduce their costs somehow. And uh, one way was to eliminate higher price providers from their networks. And uh, this bill, the Lower You know Healthcare Costs Act, gives in- insurers another incentive to uh, to do that. We have got a fantastic guest with us today. He joins us live here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy, the BGE Radio Network out of Atlanta, GA, and uh, buildgrownenjoy.com. A great guest with us today. Now, um, Dr. David, this uh, this book that you've written here, I want to get into this and talk about this. Uh, why did you decide to put this book uh, from uh, idea to, to paper? Yeah, um, well, I, um, I I was always curious as to why Medicare was a, a fairly popular program. Uh, you know, if you look at opinion polls, it polls fairly well. I mean, it's a government program. You think government programs, you often think of, you know, the, the DMV, and no one likes going to the DMV. <laughs> uh, you know, yes. it, it, government programs tend to be very inefficient, a lot of uh, unintended consequences. Uh, why, why did people, why was the, you know, opinion polls so big on, on Medicare? And as I dug into it, um, I, I realized that um, the main reason is that it caters to a, uh, you know, the main beneficiary group is one that uh, has a lot of political power. Uh, uh, its main beneficiaries are those age 65 and older. People age 65 to 74 vote at rates higher than just about any other group. So politicians are going to make sure that Medicare does a, a fairly good job of, of pleasing that group. Uh, because, you know, politicians don't want uh, a lot of angry seniors showing up to the ballot box on, on Election Day. Um, but that made me realize, well, you know, what, what about groups and, and people who are on Medicare who don't have that kind of political power? How do they fare? And um, what you find when you start looking at those groups is they oftentimes have a lot of a lot of problems with Medicare. Uh, the perhaps the biggest group being the the disabled. Uh, they have access to Medicare. They've had it since the 19 early 1970s, but um, they have to endure a two-year wait period to uh, to get onto Medicare, um, and that has not changed uh, by even a day uh, since. You know, they were let on Medicare in the uh, the early 70s. And why is that? Well, for starters, the disabled don't vote at rates anywhere near uh, uh, the rates that seniors do. Um, and uh, also, you know, there are something, I think, close to 100 programs at the federal level that cater to the disabled. So groups that lobby on the behalf of the disabled are, you know, unfocused. Uh, as opposed to groups that lobby on behalf of seniors like the AARP, they really only have two issues that concern them at the federal level, Social Security and Medicare. So they can be, you know, uh, their efforts can be far more focused, far more effective uh, when it when it comes to Medicare. What 
what does that mean for disabled folks? Well, you know, some people don't have insurance while they're on the waiting period uh, and they're disabled. And if they're disabled, they're probably fairly sick. They're going to struggle with medical bills and so forth. Um, but because, you know, they lack political power, at least when it comes to Medicare, uh, you know, Medicare has not changed its waiting period for the disabled in, um, you know, almost 50 years now. Build, grow, and enjoy this week. BGE Radio Network out of Atlanta, GA. BuildGrowAndJoy.com. BGE presents this week with our great guest, author Dr. David Hogberg. He's a former senior fellow at the National Center for Public Policy Research. He's the author of Medicare's Victims, How the U.S. Government Largest Healthcare Programs Harms Patients and Impairs Physicians. Now, you mentioned uh, earlier, and, and this this is one of the things that, that I find fascinating, is that... Uh, uh, polls always say that Medicare is the most popular program. Uh, why? Why do you think that folks, you know, continue year after year to uh, to applaud this program? Well, you know, again, when it when it comes to seniors and and the main things that they are concerned about, such as you know. Uh, getting their their prescriptions uh, paid for, um, uh, being able to see the doctor on a fairly regular basis uh, when they need major surgery like heart surgery, cancer treatment, uh, hip and knee replacements. Uh, Medicare, you know, uh, does fairly well on those and uh, in, in terms of paying for them. Um, and, uh, you know, again, that's because seniors um, have a lot of, of uh, political clout. Um, and, you know, that uh, that filters down, you know, uh, seniors like the program, and then, you know, they tell their, their, their you know, grown adult kids that they like the program, and it just kind of filters out from there. And, and uh, you know, and, and so when, you know, people, at, when pollsters ask about that program, it, it, uh, it, polls, um, it polls fairly well. But, you know, again, when you look at groups that do not have that kind of political power, um, you know, uh, you often find that um, they uh, they tend to lose out under under the program. We have got Dr. David Hogberg with us today. He joins us live here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Now, uh, talk to me about the feedback your book's been getting. Oh uh, well, the book's been out for a couple of years now, and um, I got uh, fairly positive feedback on the book uh, when it first came out. A couple of good reviews, but uh, nothing lately because obviously it uh, it's um, well, it's been out for a while. We have got Dr. David Hogberg with us today. Now, um, a, a lot of folks uh, they they love your book. You've been getting a lot of great feedback, as you mentioned. Uh, any criticism from folks? Um, gosh, uh, it's been kind of a while, uh, you know, since the book came out. Um, I suppose um, that, well, you know, um, if there was anything, it was kind of uh, just, um, uh, you know, maybe uh, I... Yeah, I don't know. I guess what one criticism I remember receiving was uh, one group, uh, one writer, just wanting to know how we got back to you know our constitutional foundations in the sense that 
there really probably isn't any justification or any way that that Medicare is actually constitutional under under a traditional reading of the Constitution. They were saying that you know maybe the reforms I was ta- I was talking about at the end of the book would actually save Medicare and, and taxpayers money while also improving the quality for for, for all groups under uh, Medicare. Uh, but you know how do we how do we get you know how do you uh, get us back to our uh, more constitutional form of government and which basically means get rid of Medicare and my re- response was well uh, one I have no idea how you would do that and and two I mean with with the power political power seniors have um, at this point um, there's there's no way of, of getting rid of it um, so you know even if you wanted to and I'm not a hundred percent certain at this point that I uh, I'd want to I mean if this was pre uh, 1965, you know, when we passed it, I, I would certainly be arguing, um, um, you know, when LBJ and Congress passed Medicare and it became law, I would be arguing till I'm blue in the face that, you know, private insurance and, and, and private charity would do a much better job than in the long run than, in, than Medicare, and it wouldn't, you know, uh, it also wouldn't impose a, a crushing uh, debt on, on uh, future taxpayers. But now it's it's too late. Um, it's too late for that. And uh, the question is, what is the the best that we can do? What kind of reforms can we have that will uh, keep costs down for taxpayers? Will improve the 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 uh, quality um, for uh, you know for uh, beneficiaries, uh, uh, healthcare quality for beneficiaries on Medicare. Um, and you know the the best way is to come up with some kind of reform that is uh, more market oriented that uh, gives you know patients more control over the dollars and and have you know doctors and hospitals and other providers respond to that. We have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here, Dr. David Hogberg, with us talking about his latest book, Medicare's Victims. Now, uh, do you have any other books in the pipeline, my friend? No, nothing, nothing right now. One book may may be enough for for a very long time. Uh, it took um, this was you know really a long five to six year project, um, and uh, you know it it, it involved um, uh, you know it, it involved traveling around the country, interviewing a lot of people, uh, telling their stories. You know, a lot of searching for. Uh, you know, you'd read about a, a problem with Medicare in, in a very broad general sense, like, like for example, uh, people who had Medicare Part D, the prescription drug program, you'd read about people falling into uh, the donut hole, which is, you know, you spend a certain amount under Medicare, under the Part D program, and then there's this gap. Uh, there where, you know, you have to pay for all your drugs yourself. What happens to, to the people who fall into that? And, and it took a lot of digging to, to find people who, who would fall into that um, because, you know, people that are, that are that sick and, you know, they're not reaching out for the most part to the news media to, to tell their story. So, um, you know, it was just, it was a long, uh, long kind of slog. I'm, I'm glad I did it. Uh, you know, it was... Um, uh, just you know, g- good to know that I, I could do it, and I'm I'm very pleased that I was able to tell people stories who struggled with Medicare. That I'm I'm able to, that you know, at least for posterity, there is another um, view of Medicare that that's out there, and it's important for for people to be aware of that. And um, you know, I was glad that I I was able to contribute that. But 
um, you know, it was it was a tough slog, and and uh, at this point, um, I'm just, uh, you know, I don't have any topic uh, really right now that excites me enough to the degree that I want to spend that amount of time on it. Well, Dr. David, before we let you go, how do people get your book and get in touch with you? Oh, yeah. Well, the book is on AstillOnAmazon.com. Um, we... Uh, the National Center and I uh, published it through their self-publishing arm, so Medicare's victims should be able to just type it into Amazon, and it'll come right up. And uh, if you want to follow me, my uh, Twitter handle is at Doc, D-O-C underscore hog, H-O-G, uh, on Twitter. Um, you can reach me that way. And just to let you know, the Doc is a Ph.D., not an M.D., so uh, if you do <laughs> follow me, uh, don't ask me for any medical advice because I'm not qualified to give that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's fantastic. Well, have yourself an amazing day, my friend. Thanks for being with us on Bill Grown and Joy. All righty. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, my friend. There he goes, Dr. David Hugbig. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.